Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You're listening to an Irreverent Media Podcast. Go to irreverent.fm for more content from our friends. Hello, I'm Sarah. Hi, I'm Kevin. And, and we're, we're your, your favorite, favorite aunts. aunts. We finally nailed it. We did it. Okay, we're two best friends who have a lot in common and a lot on our mind. And each week we're going to tell you what is on said minds, pop culture, Christian subculture, everything in between. And also we ask, uh, we answer some questions from listeners, people like you. And like your favorite aunts, we've got lots of opinions and a few drinks in us. Because it's, um, it's more fun that way, right? So let's get into <laughs> it. This is a new episode of Your Favorite Aunts. And let's bring her back on the stage, Sarah Louise. Hello, Jenny. is it better? Much oh my better. Goodness, much, guys, I'm much. so sorry. Don't apologize. It's not your fault. You you can't control the internet. I mean, you're you're not Al Gore. <laughs> uh, you asked me how the hell I was, and I had. I was, and I still want to know how I'm the hell are you, Sarah? I'm doing really, really well. So I spent this morning on the beach with my dog. It's really strangely warm here. So it's like 90 degrees. It's summertime. So I woke up really early. We're talking like I got my dog to the beach by 7:30, and we were playing in the waves, and it was beautiful. But it is hot here. It is hot, like 90. It's warm here too. I think right now. Really? What's your weather? Yeah, we, I, it's been sunny, blue skies all day. I think the high was 80. Um, it's probably going to drop back down into like the mid-60s, mid-50s by tonight. Are we old that we talk about the weather? Yeah. But this is what people do. Um, um, praise report from our friend Colton over here. Found a truly inclusive church in Chicago and is very happy about that. Colton, where do you go? Love yeah, share the name. I think people no. want to hear that. Uh, so... Yeah, absolutely. If you also, if you're looking for an affirming church out there and you're in Atlanta, I am just going to plug my own church, Park Avenue Baptist. It's a, an inclusive and affirming church. Uh, we're in the middle of probably reimagining how we're going to be as a community very soon. Um, but yeah, anyways, I interrupted you. Did you, how, the, are, how so you're good. You're feeling well. I'm doing great. I and what else? had, as a coach, I had amazing meetings with clients this week. So I'm feeling very excited about that work that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, consult. Talk a little bit about that too. Like when you say like, cause like coaching for me, like who, who are your clients? Who are you working with? Who are you helping yeah, out? So I'm coaching mostly people who are in like this uh, stage where they want to transition from being in ministry into being entrepreneurs of some sort. And usually it's socially like social good entrepreneurs. So trying to do uh, great things mm-hmm. in the world. Um, Urban Village Church. I know the guys who started that. That's fun. That's a United Methodist Church in background. Uh, Come on, UMC. Uh, just a great group of guys. Can't together. wait till uh, you maybe. split off from your, uh, can't wait till you split. Oh, too soon. Maybe. I don't know. 
I don't know. I mean, it's happening. Uh, yeah. So I coach people who are in transition, um, working towards their entrepreneurship or whatever it might be. Uh, that's who I'm coaching right now. And then I also work with churches that are trying to transition their spaces. So I do consulting work. So there's coaching work, which is kind of where I help you do the thing that you already know how to do. And then there's consultant work where you ask me about the expertise that I have. So I'm consulting with two churches right now and I'm coaching um, a bunch of clients, but I've got room for a couple more. So if anyone is going through a transition and wants to do one-on-one coaching, I've got probably mm-hmm. enough room for a couple more um, because I'm loving it so much. I probably wouldn't have said that I have room for more, but I'm loving it so much. So my week's been really good. Um, being at the beach mm-hmm. this morning, Kevin, I missed you so much. I was standing by, there's a picture of you and I from, uh, you know, we were standing by the, what do you call it? The uh, tower, the uh, lifeguard the, tower, life- the blue lifeguard tower. And I was, yes. And I was standing by that and I was like, I miss Kevin. Because you and I have a cute picture from like years and years ago by there. So I'm really good. How the hell are you? I feel, uh, I think mostly good. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any complaints. I, my, my bad moments are like my moments where I feel low. I just, I feel like I cycle, they still happen. I just cycle through them a lot faster and like just process the feelings because I can be done with it and move on to whatever else I'm trying to do. So overall, very good. Um, I dropped some new merch in the merch store I today. I am dying. Which, I am dying. You're Hogwarts. Listen. <laughs> can you explain? <laughs> I'll just, I'll pull it up. Um, we'll do a little do sharing it. circle. Have you shown these to Josh and Adrian yet? I texted it to They're Josh. Lose their minds. Um, all right, let me just, I'll share my little screen moment. So um, th- this kind of like, you know, goes right into our. Um, did you hear? Our time of did you hear? And this can, well, I'll pull this up as like the first thing. So if y'all don't follow the Gospel Coalition, which you shouldn't be following the Gospel Coalition, because there's enough people out there who are going to like retweet the bullshit when they tweet really, really stupid stuff. And they they posted an article this past week called four like the four reasons people deconstruct and then they used emojis to talk about them. It was like emojis. a broken heart, I like a brain. You said it. Emojis. Yeah, I say it, I say it weird. I know I love it. I There's it like weird. a pause that you do every time that you make it. Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, the they used a heart. They used a brain. They used a snake, and then they used a uh, thumbs up. So like the reasons people leave are. Church hurt, you know, bad people, broken people, imperfect people imperfect in their churches. Imperfect people in an imperfect environment. Yeah, and just like – and that's they're, – they're not seeing the bigger picture right. um, of like their part in the body of God. Don't um, judge a tr- tree by its fruit. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like they want to say don't judge a book by – like books by their cover and trees by their fruit. Two different things in my opinion. Okay. Um. And then the other one was um, bad, poor teaching, like bad teaching. The reason people leave is because the pastor is not doing a good enough job of preaching. Yeah, let's start on you the know pastor what? again. If, yeah, let's start on the pastor. And also, like, if the preaching sucks, you should leave. I'm not going to lie. Like, if it's not good, like, why are you staying there? Could it be for the community? We've talked about this before. Because we know of some really inclusive spaces that have bad preaching but really good community. That's. I mean, I'll, I'll admit, like, my church is not the strongest preachers in the world. Uh, and but still, like the reason I go there, like I love I love the community. But I also want to say, 
it's not some, it's something to still consider. If the preaching is bad. I would say there's a difference between bad preaching and harmful preaching. You're talking about like, if it's, there is a different, yeah. If it's harmful preaching, you should absolutely, absolutely leave. If the preaching I'm talking is about, compelling, then you have an option to stay or not. Yeah. If the if preaching is just right. not compelling or boring, it's just like, That's I am different. some, I think it's, I think it's because I'm, I have high standards. I just like, I'm, I'm, I like, I know good preaching and I, I deserve good preaching in my life. You know what I'm saying? Anyways. Um, (laughs) so there's that part. Uh, the third one was a snake, which was the desire to sin. People are leaving the church because they want to go sin, which Mm, like mm, is exactly mm, why mm, I left. mm, I mm, wanted to go mm, start practicing mm, my homosexuality mm, so that I could become a professional homosexual. And here, here I am. You know, a professional homosexual. You are paid for your homosexuality. I am. I am. Uh, the other, the last one was like a thumbs up, and it was like for clout, like it's street cred. Like you're leaving because it's like you're leaving because it's the cool thing to do. And let me tell you what, uh, exvangelical and like post Christian Twitter and Instagram had a field day, just like talking about it, and also just so like fun. it was not a well written article. No, no, it wasn't. I mean, they never are. So like, I'm not surprised, but. I, so the thing that made me laugh so hard is street cred. Street. If we're honest, you and I have dealt with, and I don't know dealt with is a bad way to say this. You and I have walked with and been with and um, sat with people who have lost all of their street credibility the moment they've left their church. Yeah. They had spent 15 years building clout as a leader within a community walking away from that is losing the only street they've ever walked on so do you really want to come at us that it's about street cred because we know people who have lost every single social investment they have ever made in their entire life to step into what is their truth and their identity and so Thumbs up your butt because that yeah. is I said the I said the, the real reason that people leave the church for the thumbs up emoji, they get into butt stuff. <laughs> and they're just like just like like whew. I don't like the emotion. It makes me nervous. Um let, listen, just a little thumb up there. Like it's not bad. Like it's it's actually nice. It's real nice. Have you actually have you ever seen the movie uh, or the TV show uh Lovesick? No. You would love it. There's this fantastic scene where this couple is, uh, they're having, they're getting it on in the bathroom. They're not even having sex yet. And she sticks her thumb up his butt, but he's not ready. And he falls and he breaks his leg. Mm-mm. No, no, no. And you cannot just, give a surprise. You gotta, you no, gotta. It is about consent. Mm-hmm. It is hysterical. The whole show is hysterical. It's British. It's about a guy who discovers that he has chlamydia and now he needs to go and tell everyone that he's ever slept with but it's actually this romantic story of who did he actually love Mm. it's like this incredible story that only the brits could write he's adorable he's handsome but not hot like it's just this great i'm super into him it's just this great story and the girl that plays the lead is like my brother's favorite actress so my brother and i watch this show together so it's called lovesick but it's so good so the girl sticks her thumb up the guy's Mm. butt he's not ready breaks his leg and then the emergency room doctor like being like so did you stick said appendage up said buttocks? Like it's the most British moment. Well, the of thing all is, time. what's so interesting is that like there's like they'll put a full on nudity on British TV in some ways, and like mm-hmm. no one. Oh no, you see it all on him. Yeah, and I'm just like, they're not really ashamed of that you stuff. You see more male 
nudity on that TV show than you see female. And tracks, tracks. Um, but in response, in response to that, I just want to say you should go pick up this very, very queer, cute what? design. I'm just gonna maximize that. I love it, honey. Um, let me see if I can zoom in on that at all. Can we zoom? Does, does that I'm get closer? I'm so proud of you. Oops. I don't know what that is. Oh, how do you know you are terrible at designing stuff? That's me because I cannot, like I can design stuff, but the actual, there you there go. There we go. What is the, can you tell me what so the Greek says? It's, it's, it's actually Latin and it says, um, only liars oh, are afraid of the truth. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. And so. Where'd you get that from? Um, that's a saying that I've just heard from people before. It's like. Because like when when people are talking like this is what I think about Donald Trump for example like he's been this entire time trying to like keep his documents away from the investigation and I'm just like what is in there that you don't want people to see and that's the thing mm-hmm. if you didn't do anything wrong you shouldn't you shouldn't be afraid to turn those things over and so that's the thing only liars are afraid of the truth are afraid of the truth and so that's what I think about this design too like when I was creating I'm just like. I mean, I like those symbols in some way. I'm just like, yeah, the real reason we left is heartbreak. You know, we started fucking thinking for once. Like we pee, like, you know, I think of the verse that says like, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. We became fucking and wise. Stop. And then also some of us got into butt stuff. So <laughs> I'm keeping the butt stuff one. Um, or if you want to say like, we craved a positive experience, which could also be butt stuff. <laughs> so if you want to gaslight gatekeep like the gospel coalition go pick up your um, shirt it's at thekevingarcia.com slash merch and if you're, lis- if you, if you're listening to this on the podcast later and you can't see the visual you can go to my twitter and see it it's a coat of arms that looks super duper sketchy uh, and cute and kind of gothic it's available in a couple different colors and as a sticker and um, yeah come come at me bro I just don't understand. I do understand. Um, it comes to an issue of branding, right? Mm. It comes to an issue of we don't know what to do with this thing. Um, and so if we can get in front of it, in front of it, if we can act like, oh, no, 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 we're not. We know what that we know what that is mm-hmm. like. Uh, and we've got some emojis to go along with it. Like, I just want to know, do you think there was like a 27 year old intern who came up with those emojis? That's the thing is I want to know who, who, who is in their department? Like who's running this? I don't know, but I feel like you're going to want to hire them because they for sure are just effing with I them. mean, like, the, I I, like that's the thing too, is like, I feel like whoever's in there, like, they're very smart. They know what's going to get clicks because they know what's going to enrage people. Like that's the thing is the majority of their stuff. I would say probably a lot of their, um, what's it called? I'm curious to know like who their audience is. Like who's actually, is it hate read or is like, or. Oh, that's an interesting thing. Are people reading it because they're mad? And that's a, that's like, that's actually, I think is a trauma response. How so many of us are like, I have to know what the fuck they're saying about me. I got to know. And I'm like. Something that I did for myself a long time ago is, A, I'm not going to read anything from the Gospel Coalition. I'm not going to read anything from Rele- Relevant Magazine. I'm not going to read anything that c- is coming from a source that I know does not already 100% uh, affirm queerness and queer life and all that stuff. Because like they have nothing to say to me. 
Like their, their opinion of me is completely invalid. So why am I going to direct my negative attention towards something? Because even when I direct my negative attention towards something, I put it in my sphere. Like I bring it into myself by trying to push against mm-hmm. it. Why don't I just become indifferent to it rather? That's a more effective way of dealing so, with it. So this is what I said to someone the other day who was talking about how angry they were with the church. And I said, absolutely. But I need you to understand that when I hear you speak, it's like hearing your girlfriend or good friend talk to you about how much they don't care about their ex. I really don't care about my ex. I don't care what's going on with my mm-hmm, ex. Mm-hmm, my ex mm-hmm, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I don't care about my I really ex. don't care. Hmm. I really don't fucking like care about them at I'm all. I'm so happy for them. Like I, it's fine. You're still, they still take up room in your head and it's okay to say I do care and it does hurt mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do with it. And I feel like so many, deconstruction doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Deconstruction is not affecting us. Deconstruction has nothing to do with the church. People who are leaving the church, these are the reasons they're leaving the church. But we don't care. It doesn't matter because these are the reasons they're leaving. They're terrible people and they should just mm-hmm. leave. And then people who are deconstructing and yes, you need to work through your shit, but it's also okay to say, yeah, I'm at a place where I've transcended and included. Happy that you guys still find goodness in that. Mm-hmm. I don't find goodness in it um, right now and maybe I will later, but it's okay for me to watch you do your thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do more. I mean, I think like... Yeah, I think we're allowed to react and feel whatever we feel. That's fine. And like we can even look at the Gospel Coalition and just name, yeah, that's damaging and stupid. And that's keeping a lot of people ensnared. And I just wonder about like how much, like when we engage with things online, I don't know if we're as discerning as we should be about where we're letting our energy go. And I say that very specifically because I remember, I mean, my life has changed dramatically in the past five years, obviously. When I first came out, I would spend, like, if someone rolled up into my DMs or said something in a comment, I wouldn't stop until they were decimated. And literally, like, it wasn't really decimating or hurting them. They were just, they were just getting mad too. And so we're just two mad people yelling at each other in in our inbox. Which Um, is needed, I would say, in part of the process of grieving and letting go, right? Yeah. I will say, though, I wish somebody pointed out earlier to me that I was wasting my breath. Because Mm. I think... I think that's the thing that we don't realize is like the anger is normal. Talk to somebody who actually cares though. Mm, Direct like go to somebody who you love and say, I can't fucking believe X, Y, Z things. And they can say, yeah, I can't believe it either. Rather than like trying to go to someone, like if you're going to go to your family and like confront them, really ask yourself, is this going to result in queer lives being saved, my life being improved, or is this just going to stress me out even more? And I think we have to come to a place like if we're trying to confront people, you have to confront them with, if you are in family with them, you have to do the work of coming into compassion on your own before you get there. Otherwise, if you're seeking to change them, that's exactly what they're doing to you. Why do you think the same tactic will work on them? So in that, I think we needed like, just reckon we can be angry, rage, all the things. And I also think we need to recognize you can take your attention off that because they literally don't matter anymore. People still look at that stuff because right. it's just like, that person said X about me. And I'm like, is it true? Anger porn. Yeah. It's like, is it true? And that's what I have to like, is it true? No. Well then why do you like, and so what? I don't, you don't, do you care about what they have to say? No. Okay then. Well, and Kevin, you're a better Christian than me. Isn't there a verse about, uh, think about only what is lovely and what whatever is good, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure, whatever is holy. Think about such things. Not because 
God doesn't want you to think about sex, but because our minds in this, like in all, like we are attracted to the negative because it's dramatic and it's energizing mm. and it's, it gets the blood pumping. And we're kind of addicted to it because we think trauma and stress response is the normal way to be. Our body's trained that way. We have to retrain right. our body to say, oh, that's, that's triggering me. I don't need to move towards that. I actually need to take a step back and ask, okay, what do I need to do to take care of me right now? Um, mm. And I think that's something we have to really like, be fierce about. We really need to stop. We have to stop hurting ourselves. Yeah. There is this uh, thing too that you're talking about the outside. We have to understand too how much we've been affected by this idea that the answer is outside mm. of us because that's that's how, um, honestly, that's how economy works, yes. right? So the answer is if I get the house, if I get the guy, if I get the- Well, we'll say capitalism. IP, that's how capitalism works. Right. That's how capitalism works um, is this idea that something's missing. Mm -hmm. And as a pastor, guys, like the number of conferences I went to where they're like, you need to explain what people are missing and that you've got the answer and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, first you need to point out what's missing. And that is exactly what capitalism is, pointing out what's missing, mm -hmm. saying that you can fix it and for four easy payments, mm -hmm. but also buy Kevin's shirt. Cause that will make you feel better. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is one of the things I recognize and like we both can like speak to as like people who are coaching, like it's a comp, I have a complicated relationship with money a little bit. Right. Super. Um, because I'm still, I got a mortgage payment I got to pay. I got, mm -hmm. and I finally worked myself into a place where I can actually afford to do that, which is so lovely and wonderful. And I'm very thankful. I try to make my work as accessible as possible. So I think it, and then like the people I hire typically for all of my, if I'm doing design work or if I'm doing, you know, creating events, I'm hiring queer people and people of color on purpose because duh. And so I, it's kind of like how Mike McCarg a couple of weeks ago was talking about the structure of his company and how it's mostly owned by other people and mostly owned by women and queer folks. And, you know, so it's, there are ways to live within the capitalist framework that are less damaging and moving towards more equity. Um, complication, complication, complication. Yeah. It's true. Um, I love this. So I just want to put this up. Someone said they bought themselves a snake ring to signify, Megan wrote this. I bought myself a snake ring to signify oneness with wisdom and as an F you to the whole Garden of Eden narrative. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's reclaiming the images. So that's like, if we're talking about like development and health and healing, often when we can reclaim the thing that hurts so much, and that's different than you need to reconstruct. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking about deconstruct, no one is demanding that you reconstruct, but we are hopeful that at one point, the things that hurt you, you can reclaim. If you want and to. You can rename. If you want to, like the word queer. Mm -hmm. Or right? the word, you know, that, the person of Jesus person of Jesus, right? You and I talk about that all the time, how we just can't get away. Got me in a bear trap. But yeah, I think like that's, that's really it. You got to recognize what is yours. And also don't be like, once you recognize that it's something that's helping you, don't be ashamed of that. Um, so sometimes my ADHD brain works this way. You said caught me in a bear trap, made me think my friend and I, we want to come up with, but like, we're not the people to do it, but a cologne for men called uh, <laughs> bear 
Uh, so, you know, like when you, I go hiking, at the, there's like a bear spray. Mm -hmm. But bear spray for gay men who like bears. Uh, I'm trying to think of bear spray. No, I think you should just market it to bears. But like really, yeah, yeah, just for bears. Yeah, this is for the. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. Yeah, that's cute. You love it? You don't love it because you're not a bear. No, no, no I, I do. No, I think. Like we're talking like hyper PNW masculine, uh, reclaiming the thing, flannel, bear spray for the gay man. Cause the or gay, like, because like I'm honest. somebody who like, I'm just like, I want to like D, you know, not degender, but like I love to like D, like. Uh, Alok talks about degendering the fashion industry, and I think the same thing with scents. So it's like, okay, maybe not like you know, still call it bear spray, but just like, just towards like the more like masculine leaning human in general, regardless of what kind of body you have. I love that. Yeah. Okay, bear spray. We're gonna bear do spray it. can work. Uh, oh my god, what if this actually happens? Like, hey everyone, your favorite, like, welcome. This is bear spray from your favorite ants. Oh, I love it. A limited it. edition this run. A limited edition run. Just like a, a little little tiny be... perfumes. <sighs> Colognes and perfumes. You and I would love that because both of us love a scent. You, you, both of us have spent silly amounts of money on that. I, I mean, I yeah. I, I don't spend a lot of money on scents myself. Although the other day when I went to TJ Maxx, I found Obsession by Calvin Klein for just $40. Yes, I did that. Because Obsession it. is my favorite i wonder if, okay that kind of makes sense because i loved obsession on men when i was in high school is that why we're close i mean i have worn it in a zillion years but possibly um i wonder if there's like a primal thing anyway we don't need to worry about that uh someone says take my money done <laughs> for our idea that's my friend alan us inventing sense um yeah so there's us talking about the gospel Q coalition um designing things um i want to talk about um Ugh, excuse me Burping. so sorry two things you're fine well it's more like three things one uh vaccines as of this past week are available for the cheerins mm -hmm. go i know I, I can't wait to talk to you go get your babies vaccinated everyone it's so exciting atlanta has reached um green status now or something like that so they listed they lifted a lot of the mask mandates but i'm also like were you ever following them before i don't know so um, um, I went and got my booster shot boost. when a lot of the babies were getting their first shot. Mm. And I was sitting next to a little boy named Theodore who was getting, he was a little British boy and he was getting his first vaccine. And part of it is he gets to see his Nana mm -hmm. in England who he hasn't seen in two years. And he was sitting with his mom and he's like, I'm being quite brave actually. <laughs> Listen, like young children like that have like the most delicious command of accent. And I just, oh, I just love it. So sweet. He goes, I'm being quite brave actually. And he was so nervous, but my, I have to say my local government, what they're doing with the vaccines is incredible. Local government being weird like, right now for you. So sorry, Costa Mesa, Southern California. Where? Um, I will, I will give a shout out to Katrina Foley, who was the mayor of Costa Mesa and is now, I don't even know what her thing is, uh, what her title is, but they are giving out little kids masks, like 
cloth masks that have like dinosaurs and unicorns and rainbows mm-hmm. and like all this stuff. So they get to go in when they go in, whoever they've trained. So I'm going through this and just getting my booster, but I'm seeing these like people talk to these little kids and they're giving them stickers when they get to decide which arm they get it on. And they're doing such a good job of making it a really un like a non-traumatic experience to the point where a little boy was walking around and going, it's okay, everyone. He was telling all the other little kids, it's okay. It doesn't hurt. Like he was walking around Mm. and they have like, listen, uh, I don't understand like why these little babies are so much braver than grown ass adults. I don't either. (laughs) Yeah. Either. I don't, it was such a cute experience. And that's also like, I think going back to like taking our, like not putting our negative attention on something is I'm not right. even really thinking about people who refuse to be vaccinated anymore as much because it's like mm-hmm. at this point, nothing I say is going to convince you probably. And so nah, you've already made up. Yeah. Name. And so I'm going to be okay with my choices and I don't need you to change your mind for me to be happy. And I'm going to keep doing what I do. I'm going to, I'm also like, I'm thinking like all the people that I want to see are at incredibly low risk. And if we, if there are mask mandates where we go, I will follow those to the T and I'm okay with like, getting out oh my gosh colton says sex workers in vienna are giving free 30-minute sessions to people who get vaxxed (gasps) let me tell you what (laughs) that's jesus right there jesus is out here in these streets saying do the right thing oh sex workers in vienna listen i'm vaccinated should i can i should i go should should I get a <laughs> because honestly, like I got it. I'll get a booster too. I mean, like you know, what's good? Ooh, a booster and a booster. Hey, oh, give inject me <laughs> twice, Daddy. Oh, too much, but just enough. Anyway, speaking of that, um, Big Bird lent his voice this week to the support of COVID nineteen vaccines, uh, saying to all of his friends on the street that they all got vaccinated and whatnot. Um, and Ted, like, first of all, it is so f- big bird. It's funny to big me bird, guys, that a Senator is feuding with a fictional character on Twitter. <laughs> Even though Ted Cruz, sorry, it's better if you laugh. Yeah, And also Ted Cruz has been vaccinated. And was vaccinated in the first round. That's what I don't understand is that all of these <laughs> Republican senators have been vaccinated. President Trump got vaccinated. In the first round. Like, and yet they're saying, no, you should, like, <sighs> it just doesn't make sense. And so that's, it's wild to me that like our, and all, <sighs> Big Bird has been getting vaccines since the 60s and 70s. Like you can go back and he's done this shit before. He's talked about getting vaccinated and the importance of getting vaccinated in front of children's televisions and again, or in order to serve public good and in order to help children feel okay about certain things like that. And so it's, it's just, why does a fiction? Well, that was the, that was the cool thing, right? Is normalizing. So what was Sesame street made about to normalize experiences? So they have the first homeless character or uh, sorry, I shouldn't even say that character experiencing homelessness mm-hmm. character who is unsheltered. Mm-hmm. Because some of the kids who watch Sesame Street are unsheltered. Mm-hmm. And there is a very scary things in the world that Sesame Street has helped yeah. us walk through. They, or and not even scary, new things. Yeah. They like they were the one of the first conversations to have, like talk about race 
in public. And they've got a transgender puppet, I believe, coming mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I just, I, I don't. And also, like, everyone got mad about Dr. Seuss calling that, like, cancel culture, and then they want to cancel Big Bird. I'm I like, no one, no one's canceling Big Bird. No one's can't like. No one's canceling Dr. Seuss. Like, fuck y'all. Do better, be better. No better? Yeah, be better. and also I'm just like, I think every, like, ask what is causing you stress in your life. I think everyone across the board should just ask, what's causing stress in my life? And is it avoidable? And fruit, feuding with a, with a character? A big yellow bird on the internet. That is something that you can avoid, Ted Cruz. That's free from me to you. I'm praying for you. Praying for you, brother. We are. We should just call this section Thoughts and Prayers. (laughs) Oh, my God. T-H-O-T-S. Thoughts and Prayers. Yes. You said there's three. So there's one more. I actually have a really good question from a... From a listener. Let's do that. Um, that, that was, so, the only thing I want to talk about is uh, just a big fuck you to Travis Scott and the team who put together the Astro World Tour for not mm-hmm. taking people's safety into consideration. If you want to, you can Google it. But let's just say that people love to cut corners to maximize profit at the expense of human life. And I'm like, wow, it's like capitalism is everywhere. It's true. The end. Um, so the now end. that we're done with you know, um, our thoughts and prayers. We would like to now turn it over to uh, prayers of the people. Our listeners. If you will. I said prayers of the people. (laughs) Thoughts and prayers to prayers of the people. Yeah, Uh, just kidding. This is the part of the show, like, you know, sometimes we we read uh, listener letters or we read listener letters and messages and things like that. Um, so let's, let's get into it. These are some questions. If you ever want to send us a question, you can send it to us on our social media, or you can send us an email to ask your favorite ants at gmail.com. And we may read them aloud on the air. All, uh, all submissions are anonymous. That's right. So this person wrote, do all pets go to heaven or just dogs? Mm. And then furthermore, if heaven isn't real, what do I tell my kids? <gasps> Ooh, into this. So it started out like funny. Uh, because I know this person loves their dog. Well, I think uh, we should, I can address this from a biblical perspective because it I'm says ready. in the, oh, it says in, what is the one, either Leviticus, I see that, not Leviticus, what's the one? Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes say, for who are you to say that the soul of a man goes up into the sky, but the soul of the beast goes down into the dirt? Therefore, all animals go to and heaven. And so did Pope, Pope Francis said that, that they do. So it's it's fine. Okay, it's fine. So that part we yeah, cleared. Yeah, it's in the Bible. Um, um, and if heaven isn't real, what do I tell my kids? So where is the, the first question I have is, where is your idea that heaven isn't real mm. comes from? Well, I think, I mean, at least from the, some of the things I've been seeing on my pages recently is like once someone gives up the idea of hell, um, ah. it's like, well, if hell's not real, what is heaven real? Is there an afterlife at all? I, and I think specifically what shifts for a lot of people is, is there a conscious afterlife? Is there a way, like, mm-hmm. am I going to remember okay. myself? Am I going to remember my kids? Am right. I going to remember my mom and dad? Am I going to remember my friends? Am I, am I going to be able to see loved ones that I've lost? Do I get to be reunited mm-hmm. with my family? Um, got it. That's what I think a lot of people are scared about. And so like, so heaven comes down to connection. Yeah. I mean, continue. You obviously have more thoughts on that. Well, it sounds like in that 
like framework, if we think about the framework there, then the question is, are the connections that I valued and matter, like mattered in my life, are they still available after I'm gone? Which also says, I care about people who are gone. Do those connections still matter? Or do those connections stop after somebody stops breathing? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, this is my personal theory. Um, I can't wait. I am a mystic through and through. Um, and I'm also an empiricist as much as I can be. So I will start off by saying nobody knows for fucking certain what happens after we die. Point blank period. No one in the whole of the earth, no matter, no person who's even had metaphysical experiences, mm-hmm. no person who says they see ghosts or angels, nobody actually can prove it to you nope. one way or the other. So that's one. Two, what I'd like to think and what helps me is that I do think whatever the soul is, which I think the soul is the animating force of this body, which is the part of me that is also part of God. Um, you know, the creative force from God that like brought this being, you know, um, whatever is that and goes on to, I think that continues on. And so, Mm. Uh, I'm somebody who comes from traditions where we talk about a great cloud of witnesses or the communion of saints. Um, and also, you know, in the Mexican tradition, we we keep our ancestors on our honor ofrendas. Um, and we honor them because we know that they're, they're still with us. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason we say, the reason I think it this way is like me and my dad didn't have a really great relationship when he was alive. And at first it was hard for me to be like, well, how do I, how do you mourn somebody that you didn't? And talk to they died right um and there's a part of me that i had like there's just a part of me that said yes you know am i allowed to be sad that these people are gone um the way i like to think of it is whatever held my dad back in life whatever kept him from loving me the way that he should have or could have he is free from now he is free from toxic masculinity he is free from uh, the military industrial complex. He's free of capitalism. He's free of all the things that disallowed him from loving himself. Mm. And so I can take all of my anger about how he treated me in life to him in that and say, dad, you did all those things. And that what I hear in response in my person is, yeah, I know. And I'm sorry. And I, and it's, and for me, when I heard that coming through, as I was talking with my dad, what else can you say? And what else can you do? You know, like whether, and, and I say that because whether or not that was actually the presence of my dead dad or that was just a thought in my head, you know what I feel? Peace. Free. Free. I feel peace. I feel um, at ease with his passing a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about people talking about the afterlife, I, I, I fully fucking believe, knowing that it sounds crazy, that the soul continues and that there are our loved ones who are on the other side, quote unquote, others. They're not, there, there is no other side. They're still here. That's mm-hmm. my theory. Like the reason you think your loved one, like, if you, like I just feel like they're in the room or like I saw something or I felt their presence or I heard a song and right. I thought of them. Do you want to know why you think that they feel that they're still around? Because maybe they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. Maybe the best version of themselves. Yes. And so even if that is like they're like working behind the scenes and working some magic or like talking to angels or God or helping whatever, or whether they are just reminding me to stay present, stay here. Don't go into the future. Don't go into the past. Stay here. Cause that's where they are. 
Um, They're here. They've always been here. And I've always been here. So have you. I think uh, I don't want to throw away this idea of heaven Mm. uh, because for several reasons. When you say what idea of heaven? The idea that there's something beyond right now. Okay. Uh, If I'm just taking like people's very, very basic, like there's something beyond here, Mm. right? Uh, Because it's very privileged to say that this is it. If this is it, it's pretty good. Yes. Uh, And if this is it, like I think about what kind of existence is it if someone whose whole life through no choice of their own has been absolutely terrible. Yeah, painful. And I have, I've got to believe that there's something beyond Mm -hmm. because I've got to believe that those who have gone through what they've gone through, there is something that is giving them peace. Even your dad, like all the narratives that your dad believed in to be released from those. Right. Um, That to me is, that to me is the meaning of heaven. And that also to me, I believe heaven is now, you know, the miracle, Mm -hmm. something course in miracle. The now and yet, not yet. And yet it is. Mm-hmm. The paradox of it all, oh. isn't it great? I love it. So uh, Wendell Berry, one of my favorite poets, often talks about the now and yet not yet and yet the now. Mm. Right? It so cycles it's like, in on itself. It's Right. It's the and instead of the but. Yeah. And so what do you tell your kids? Um, ask them what they think it's like. <sighs> I know this person's kids and it would be a great answer. Please. And then just it's like, Hey, babies. I don't really know what happens afterwards. What do you think happens? And then if they say, I don't know, it's, it may be nothing. It sounds whatever they feel, whatever comes up for them, you say, yeah, I don't know what happens, but this is what I know about the nature of love, the nature of God. And I know, at least for me, if I had a kid, I would say, I know that my love for you is going to live beyond, like will go beyond death. That I will all like, mm-hmm. and like you can find heaven in my love right now. I love that. And I love this whole idea. Uh, Richard writes, the really sounds like the resurrection and new creation of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. If you can tell, it's like, tell your, tell your little kid, heaven's actually right now. Your loved one who passed on, they, their body, like, yes, their soul, their breath has left their body but their breath is in you now. Stop it. The Ruach. And that's like literally every single person on this planet. You've breathed their air. And what is the one thing that all animate creatures have in common is breath. So. Uh, It's also the idea that there's a chance for redemption beyond like, Mm -hmm. That's what, like, your story, and then we've got, you and I have a couple of friends who've had really difficult dad situations, and they don't, mm-hmm. they're not a hallmark ending, yeah. guys. and I'm not There's saying, not a deathbed moment. and I also want to say that you don't have to, like, treat your dead relatives the way I did. That's how I found healing in no. my story, and That's I think true. that when we're working on, uh, I mean, for me, like, in my, in Mexican tradition, ancestor veneration is kind of the deal, we're part of the deal, Um and so it, that's how I work with my grief. And that's how I work with the people who have died, who I love, is through reminding myself that they never left. It's just like I, like I get attached to the form. I get attached to the body that I see. But just like they've just shifted now. That's how I see it. 
is like they're still here. They're. F- I think you and I, yeah, you and I both have unique experiences too because my mom, uh, who is still alive, mm-hmm. but has uh, had very terrible health most of my life, although she is an incredible person, but four times cancer, had a, had massive brain bleeds when I was in college. Damn. And so I always was aware that my mom wasn't forever. Mm. And I know that that's been shocking for a lot of people that their parents aren't forever. Oh. That seems to be like a huge thing. Shit, let me tell but you I what. I walked it's, around with oof. that. I walked around with that since I was a tiny, tiny kid. So I think that has given me a freedom mm. to love who my mom is in this moment right now. Uh, it doesn't annoy me to call her. I love when her phone butt dials me. It makes mm-hmm. me giggle, <laughs> right? Like yeah. all these things. And it feels like a weird gift to realize that she is both here and not here. It's If you can... This is, it sounds very morbid, but if you can realize that you're going to die ahead of time and that Mm -hmm. just realize like nothing lasts forever, not your pain and also not your joy either. Not this moment, not these, not like relationships. They don't stay the same. They change, they shift. No. And that's like the thing, like if you can be all right with the fact that things are going to be different from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that's that's literally kind of like I know that's boiling it down to the most basic of basic things, and it is more nuanced and complicated. And I think we could be a lot happier if we didn't um, if we didn't fear it as much. Death is a part of the process, and it, we can. I think if we can approach it in a way that's a little more dignified, I think everyone is. Mm. It, it, it's and I think it's because. We're so scared of the end. We're scared of the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. We're scared of separate. We're scared of separateness. Because that's sold, right? That's sold. That's sold. The idea of like, it is terrible, but I've got the thing that makes it not terrible. Mm-hmm. But right? also, like the entire time of growing up, like I even after I got quote unquote saved and baptized and whatnot, I still like. But what if it didn't work? And that's the thing, just like when your whole, when you believe that God's love for you is conditional, of course you're going to question mm. what happens after you die. But if you know that you, like if you, if you know God, if you know love, perfect love, what does it do? It casts out all fear. Oh, I love And this. so it's like. I'm so glad we answered this question. Yeah. I think it, it is important to talk about the question. What do you think happens after we die? Because it informs everything about how you live. Right. It's what you do with the dash, as my former college pastor, who was amazing, said. She's like one of someone we knew passed away, and they were like, here's the year they were born. Here's the year that they died. What they do with the dash, and how do they keep doing that? Mm-hmm. Because as long as their name is a breath upon our mouth, there's a Jewish tradition that, that you die to death. One is when you die, and then one is when people stop saying your name. Mm. And that's why in the- Mexican culture we have the ofrenda, so we don't. Coco says this exactly. Uh, Co- Everyone Coco, watch Coco now wrecked me for a bazillion reasons. One, cultural heritage. Two, my grandmother had Alzheimer's, and I just oh, it was like I'm like that happens. Oh, I, uh, I mean, but it was also in the same way. Like my grandmother was like very, you know, pretty joyful as much as one can be in that state, but just like. You want to know one of my favorite things about my grandmother going through uh, dementia as we get ready to wind this up? So my brother was always the favorite grandchild, always. Firstborn boy, he's an engineer, he's brilliant, handsome, tall. 
my grandmother, I flew from, I think I was already living in California. I flew, visited her, stayed with her. And she still, when she was in hospital, in her dementia, thought my brother was showing up all the time. He Mm. wasn't there. But she was like, oh, your brother, today your brother was working out on the roof over there. He works so hard. And I'm like, he wasn't here. But I couldn't say that to her. I was like, yeah, so great that he got time off to come see you. He did not get time. My brother's amazing. But it was just the funniest thing. I was like, Nana, even in this moment, I can't win you over. (laughs) You're still Mm -hmm. always going to be a Jonathan Stan. (laughs) Well... Um, if you got problems uh, with your grandma playing favorites, write us. Yes. Send Someone us an asked email. They could send us grievances. Absolutely, you can send us grievances. Yeah, send send us questions, grievances, everything to askyourfavoriteans at gmail.com and we may read them a lot on the air. Yeah, and we're so yes. grateful that you guys showed up. We're sorry that we were late, but you know what? We're always going to be here around one ish. Yeah, like here's the deal. Like, I don't give a fuck about being on time. If I did, I would be on time. I, but I do. Don't. It makes me anxious. We have, we have. But also, I, I just want to say, like, the reason I was late today is because I was working on my co-working thing and I forgot what time it was. Um, and so now it's officially the weekend, and um, I'm gonna. At least, I think we should leave with the question, friends. What are you doing with your weekend, Sarah? What are you doing with your upcoming weekend? What are you gonna do to find joy or mm. peace, or what are you gonna do for yourself? I'm flying to Huntsville, Alabama. To celebrate my brother and his partner. They both are born on the same day. She's from Australia. My brother is from Canada. They were born on the exact same day, the exact same year, celebrating them and then going to see my niece for her 13th birthday. And then although I've been injured, I have been stretching and working out so that I can run a half marathon. I swear to God, if you run that marathon. I think I can. I know it's weird. I've been doing these really weird workouts in the last two days. I actually think I can run. Okay. And if I can't run, I'll call you and cry and you'll be real mad. I mean, I still think you shouldn't run anyways, even though you think you could because everybody thinks that they can and then they come back with a giant injury. But tune in next time and we'll find out. (laughs) No, we won't. Next time will be the day before I run. So you can chastise me that. I mean, we'll just find out in two weeks um, if you um, totally break your foot off. Okay, well, I am taking all our recording equipment because we will be here next week. What are you doing with your weekend, my love? Um, It's my birthday weekend, so... Oh, my gosh. Turning 32. Um, and so I would say my weekend is... Uh, I don't, I've got one call I have to do tomorrow just to check in with somebody. Uh, and then mostly I just plan on taking a little trip. I plan on drinking a little drink. I plan on seeing my friends and getting into some well-mannered frivolity. And then on Sunday afternoon, which is my actual birthday, my friends are coming over to the house. We're going to slow cook some ribs for four hours. We're going to sit on the back porch uh, on some delicious um, lawn, chair, furniture situations and just enjoy each other's company. So your birthday, November 14th. Mm -hmm. Should we address the fact that your birthday is the same day as my brother's birthday and my brother's partner's birthday? I would love to see their birth charts. I'm just saying it's not surprising Listen, to me. You have a thing for Scorpios. <laughs> Wait, someone else's birthday is this weekend too. Um, listen, Nathan, come on. Hey, Scorpio. Hey. <laughs> HBD. 
Um, well, that's um, that's pretty much it, I think. That's a show. That. We love you. Uh, do you have anything you want to promote? Um, I want you to go to my merch store, thekevingarcia.com slash merch, and buy the new shirts. I'll show you another one. They're so cute. Do, 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 do. Hold on. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I'm going to share one more time. One more time. Share. I got this. Hit me, baby, one more time. This shirt. Yeah, this is the one I'm going to get for myself. Yes, it says, I am wonder fully made with a comma in there. And it just looks really cute and really it. fun. And everyone should get it. Um, it's at thekevingarcia.com slash merch. So would you say people should buy the merch for your birthday? Yeah. And I'll also tell you that if you get, maybe if you get a couple shirts and your order's over $50, you'll get an automatic 20% off. So really it's like, Stop. get like two shirts. They're honestly, they're really well made. They're on Bella and Canvas, which I is a really, them. really soft shirt. Like the reason they're priced the way they're priced is because the material. I don't like, like a lot of these places we could go with the Gildan or like that really shitty shirt you got it. You're like, you know, your marathon run or whatever, or spend a little extra, get something cute and soft. It's so soft. I know I wear the shirt, both at you and Andre. Andre made Oh, I just bought it. It's so gone away from me. So soft. So yeah. Um, promotion for me is Revcovery, which is my. When's it dropping? Be coming out January. I know. Far. Listen, but, you gotta plant uh, the seeds now. I know we're working on it. It is gonna be so good, and Kevin will be on it. Um, it is a podcast about what do we do after we are recovering from either being in ministry or in volunteerism within a church structure. How do we Rev cover? Mm -hmm. So, Revcovery. Um, really excited about that. Please check out all of our friends on Irreverent Media mm -hmm. Group. We say that every week, but it means a lot to us. Those are our people. I mean, uh, I just uh, not even people. not only that, but like it's good. Like I wouldn't promote yeah, something unless it was good. That's the thing. I know. Uh, our friend Jen Hotmaker is on uh, some sort of TV show soon. I don't know that she that girl's promoted. bopping all over the place. She's famous. She don't she don't need our. She famous. She may not. She answers our texts, but that's only a given amount of time. We should have her on here before she gets so big. Well, she asked to be on the show. She asked us. Uh, listen. <laughs> oh, look at that. We just got a sale. Thanks, God. Do 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 do. Um. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we love, we love you. you. Take love your meds. Um, call your person. Red. Eat something yummy. And uh, enjoy your weekend, everyone. This has been another episode of uh, your favorite dance. Your. See you next week. Bye. Bye.